0: Hello and welcome to Research Roundup, brought to you by the Primary Care Collaborative Cancer Clinical Trials Group, PC4. I'm guest host, Sabelle Sayer, previously host of PC4's other podcast, Cheers with Peers. Each month, Research Roundup looks at what's new in cancer and primary care research and talks to authors of recent publications and presentations. Today, we're speaking with Dr Christy Milley, National Manager of PC4, who all our listeners will of course know very well. Christy and PC4 have recently published a paper in BJGP Open titled, Look Who's Talking Now, Cancer in Primary Care on Twitter. Thanks for joining me, Christy.
1: Thank you for having me on my own show. I'm very excited to be here.
0: You're welcome. I'm happy to be back. So jumping straight into the paper, so why did you think it was an important thing to look at how people engage with Twitter, particularly on the topics of primary care and cancer?
1: For me, this paper really started life, I think, when I was thinking about how PC4 engages with our members and how we engage with the community on social media. There are a lot of social media platforms that people communicate and connect on. Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, along with Twitter these platforms have coverage over at least 70% of the general population. Uh, And we know that Twitter can play a role in cancer awareness. And as a platform, it can also be used to create a cancer social network or an avenue to promote and share resources for patient education and support. But there is very little focused in the primary care setting. All of this research that we have is really focused on the hospital setting. And that's why for me, it was really important to kind of look at this intersection of social media, primary care and cancer. And when I say that, you know, there was very little out there, I think what I'm really saying is that there's nothing out there. I couldn't find anything that was really about primary care and cancer on social media. And I think that's why I really thought it was important because I wanted to know how, well, I wanted to think about how I use Twitter as a healthcare professional but also how organisations and how other people might be, you know, using Twitter. And I wanted to create a knowledge foundation for future research since there was so little out there, so that we could explore the impact of social media on cancer in primary care and to help us think about how we can leverage that to our advantage in the future.
0: That's certainly something I'm interested in given I'm an early career researcher myself and this is something that's becoming more and more common for researchers to engage with the public. So could you perhaps take us through the study design and and how
1: you aim to explore this topic? Sure. I I think to start with, I'd like to say that there's a lot of ambiguity around best practice and research methodology when it comes to social media studies. And when I started this project, you know, looking at the literature, I really found that there were kind of two types of papers. There's those that are written and designed by health researchers, people like me, and then there are those that are developed by IT researchers through that lens of health. And thinking about those, there's two very different sets of capabilities in terms of what you could develop in study design. And so when we were reviewing the methodology, we focused mainly around content analysis because we found that that was one of the main approaches people had taken to looking at social media posts and content and we looked at kind of what other variables researchers had analysed in other cancer contexts outside of primary care. We used a third party with access to the Twitter API to extract our tweets. Uh, We worked on a search strategy that combined terms like GP or general practitioner or primary care and the word cancer to help us identify relevant tweets and we did restrict our search as well to English And we had quite a big sample set, so we decided that we would use a random sample of 20% for pragmatic reasons. And then I manually kind of went through and coded each of those tweets for the type of user that had produced the tweet, where they were from, what that tweet was about in terms of the cancer continuum. So, you know, was it about prevention, survivorship, palliative care? And we also used sentiment analysis to look at whether that tweet was positive or negative. And I thought I'd just share, because I was thinking about, the search strategy when you asked me that question and just like doing a systematic review it was really hard to kind of come up with a search strategy that was broad enough to capture what we want but not so broad you know we got everything and thinking about all the tweets that I had to code I remember that the term GP comes up for Grand Prix a lot and I learned that cancers use used you know both as a star sign <laughs> but also that gamers use cancer when they're about something in a game that you know was bad or negative and I didn't anticipate that so trying to filter through some of those tweets was fun and difficult I think (laughs) is what I'm thinking there and that people also were quite creative with where they came from so looking at user location I remember that one user actually came from the uh, mythical land where the game The Legend of Zelda is based and another (laughs) user also came, came from a country that was so the USA apparently uses five fictional countries when they do war games. And this person came from one of those five countries. And look, there were just elements that I didn't consider before starting this, you know, in terms of, I suppose people telling the truth in their social media profiles.
0: Perils of doing research on social media, I guess.
1: (laughs) Definitely. And look, Overall, we just used an exploratory descriptive approach. This was really about exploring what was out there. It was about trying to identify content and what it was about. And because PC4 supports research across the cancer continuum, I was really interested in whether or not there were specific areas of the continuum that different types of users share information about.
0: So the results of that content analysis were really interesting in the paper. So can you tell us a bit about the difference between the content of tweets from consumers and health professionals? Because I found that a really interesting result.
1: We did see a difference with those two groups and we found that consumers use Twitter, I suppose, more to share a personal experience of cancer. And so that would have been either their own personal experience or that of a family member or friend. And those personal experiences were more often than not about a delay in a diagnosis, a cancer diagnosis, or a negative comment about the role of a GP in that experience. Whereas when we looked at healthcare professionals, they did also share content about a delayed diagnosis, but they were also interested in survivorship and cancer screening. For healthcare professionals, there was the absence of that personal approach in terms of what they were sharing, and there was a lot more around communicating more just towards other healthcare professionals and sharing information or resources or their research that other people might find interesting.
0: That's so interesting. It seemed that the healthcare professionals and researchers were in their own little Twitter bubble. And also in your results, they were the only group to have a positive average sentiment score. So did you have any more thoughts
1: about that? Well, I'd like to say, first of all, Twitter bubble. uh, Hello, what a great term. I should have thought (laughs) of that. (laughs) Why didn't I put it in the paper? Yeah, I think we need to remember again that at this stage, it's really early results and that some of this interpretation is a little bit biased by my own experience as a researcher. But reviewing those healthcare professional tweets, it really was very much about here is some information that other people might find interesting. Here is my latest research. Here is a new resource. The other thing that cropped up a lot was here is me at a conference that was kind of a big thing. Here I am standing in front of a podium presenting my latest research. I hope you enjoy this photo of me in front of a podium. And it wasn't, I don't want to say engaging, but you know, it was very just as scientists. The the content was scientific, relatable, just here's information, use it as you see fit. And again, there was that absence of strong personal views. It was very much more a professional networking approach that healthcare professional tweets seem to have. And I also think that's probably one of the main reasons or one of the main contributors to there being the positive sentiment score. And look, the sentiment analysis is still a very early thing and we used a data set of words that had been validated, but I think there could definitely be more refining used in that sentiment and are to kind of look at sentiment in the context of cancer and how words may be scored differently depending on how they're placed in relation to cancer because I think that definitely hasn't been fleshed out enough there's definitely enough for the moment to allow us to use it to just look at basic positivity and negativity but because you know tweets are so short there's definitely scope for us to kind of improve the accuracy of sentiment scores in this context as well so lots more to do. Yeah.
0: I think as a researcher, it was really interesting to he describe it as kind of a professional networking opportunity, really, because from my perspective, I think it's actually much more difficult and much more daunting to engage with the public in this way. So perhaps in the light of all of the results of this study, do you have any advice for primary care cancer researchers and perhaps how they can better engage with consumers on Twitter?
1: Yeah, sure. I I definitely agree with you that engaging with consumers can be more daunting. I think it's daunting for me. And even in my own analysis of what I do on Twitter, I don't think I'm engaging with consumers. And, you know, a lot of researchers and professionals might be asking themselves, why would I engage with consumers? Is it something I should be doing? And I think the results of this research at this stage are probably too preliminary to answer that. But we can definitely take away some broad insights about the Twitter landscape and leave that for further down the track to answer the question of if healthcare professionals and researchers should engage more broadly and to look at what the best way to do that might be. I would say that there's definitely more workshops and courses available to researchers to help them engage with social media. And in my review of these, they might be geared toward engaging or professional networking, but there's definitely scope for researchers to think about how to share their research with the community and how to leverage the much larger audience that you get with social media. Because I think that's the big key with social media, isn't it? It's the audience that you have and that the general public has moved away from traditional media sources in some way and and I know that you can break those down by demographics and if I think about my nan my nan only watches the news and that's how she gets all of her information but (laughs) there's a much broader group of people now that actively get all of their information off social media or news in different formats than the traditional watching the news but when you think about watching the news and promoting research there's always that uh, news story about the individual professor and you see footage of them walking through their wet lab talking about their latest breakthrough and so yes I love
0: those stock photos I know them.
1: and it's always someone perpetual in the background isn't it
0: and <laughs> that, that that professor really very rarely goes into that lab you just you know that's the real that truth thing, anyway. <laughs> you know but
1: but those stories are they're designed and they're meant to be dynamic but if people aren't watching the news people aren't seeing those stories so I think that These kind of results make me think about the potential that there is to create engaging content on social media that promotes these kind of things. And that if this is where people are getting their news, we want to be in that space. And as a researcher, maybe down the track, we want to think about how we can be in that space. And I think I should also say that all of this really, no matter what, will be facilitated by health organisations in some context. I don't think I'm saying here as a researcher, go out and talk to every individual person that there is on Twitter, but it's just more about how collectively we can change our approach to engaging with consumers on social media and not just Twitter. There's definitely scope from this research to, to move forward and look at different platforms.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's great irony to it that we're at the forefront of what we do a lot of the times as researchers, but we're actually a very traditional bunch and we are very resistant to change. So I think these sorts of papers really reflect ways that we can improve what we do. So on to the last question that you ask all of your guests, what is the elevator pitch of the impact of this
1: paper? Sabelle, I think that we've learned that cancer in primary care is a niche conversation on Twitter. It's there, but it's small. And that If consumers in this space talk a lot about cancer diagnosis or a missed cancer diagnosis, then we have a negative conversation and same thing with media organisations if they're also just promoting stories about missed diagnosis as well. We have this negative conversation going on and we need to think about how we can leverage ourselves into it and create a narrative that more strongly supports the great work that primary healthcare professionals and researchers do in this space. I also think it shows how the complexity of cancer diagnosis and the role of primary care can be lost in the 280 characters of a tweet. And I hope the results really open the door for us to think about investigating the role of not just Twitter, but also other platforms in connecting us with the public and connecting the public with our research and with the message of the importance of primary care in cancer right across the continuum.
0: Thanks so much for joining me today, Christy, and thanks for having me back. Thank you so much, Sabel, for being my guest host. My pleasure. Thanks for downloading Research Roundup produced by PC4. You can access the article and other information in our show notes. Please let us know what you think about this episode by emailing us at pc 4 tgcomau Keep in touch via Twitter, where you can find us at PC4TG or on our website pc4tg.com.au